You couldn't tell me how to eat. You couldn't tell me what to eat. You couldn't take me out to eat. You couldn't do anything because I was too scared and I just didn't want to open up about it. friends and welcome back to another episode of pickles and vodka the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations i am christina your host and today we have a guest on the show today i am interviewing kayla douthit she is an anti-diet advocate she's going to be talking a lot about her own personal journey with eating disorders, and then the work she does now, which is to provide support for moms with kids who have eating disorders. Her purpose is to teach parents how to talk about body image and diets and stuff with their kids, which I think is super, super important. Um, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of when I was a kid, we never talked about this stuff, and today's generation talks about everything. So... They don't need as much help, but no, the, today's generation still needs a lot of help, and Kayla is doing her part to provide that. She also has a podcast called What's Eating You, where she doesn't just talk about eating disorders. She talks about a lot of different mental health topics all across the board, and it's just really refreshing to see someone doing this kind of stuff. And Kayla is just the sweetest person ever. We talked for about 40 minutes, and I'm about to play you that conversation. Uh, But first, I'm just going to give you all a little bit of a mental health update going along with the theme of body image and eating disorders, because is there ever a time when it's not relevant on this podcast? (laughs) Um, If you're new to the podcast, I am a recovering bulimic, uh, to put it most simply. I had bulimia on and off for about 15 years, and then last year I went to treatment for about four months, and I followed that with a really big move across the country. So a lot of exciting things happening in my recovery journey, if you will. But with that said, I still have really debilitating body image issues, and my relationship with food isn't perfect which is what I want to talk about a little bit before I jump into the interview with Kayla, because I think it's important to know that even though I talk about this stuff a lot, it's still a kind of sensitive topic. And it's not one that I think I'll ever consider myself an expert in. I mean, even the people like Kayla, who have businesses in this field, um, like she talks about how she is still getting better every day and actively working on herself. And that's definitely the case for me too. Uh, Like this weekend, for instance, I've been eating a lot of junk food and just kind of letting myself indulge because I'm at the point now where I no longer count calories. I no longer forbid myself certain foods. But my issue now is that when I start eating those foods, it's really hard for me to stop. It's hard for me to recognize when my body has had enough. And then even when I do recognize when my body has had enough, uh, full disclosure, I still push past those feelings sometimes and keep eating because it brings me comfort. By the way, I think it's really important to recognize why you're turning to behaviors like this. I I think it's easy to paint yourself as weak or not having any self-control, but there's usually a biological or psychological reason why. Like, I've been really anxious lately, and I'm unmedicated, 
and I'm trying to not turn to substances so much. This week in particular, I've been trying to cut down. And so, of course, it makes sense that I would turn to food because that is what I'm used to. Uh, Food is one of the very earliest coping mechanisms that I ever had. Uh, I remember as kids, any one of my siblings will tell you this, um, we were only allowed to have two pieces of candy after meals and the candy was in this box. And of course, since we were little kids, we weren't satisfied with those two pieces of candy after lunch and dinner. And so we would start stealing candy from the candy box. (laughs) And since there was seven of us, it it turned into this kind of like turf war. (laughs) My brothers were a faction and then Me and Caroline were a different faction, and then our other two younger sisters eventually would split off on their own and form their own operation. It was very serious. If we saw one of the other kids that wasn't on our team, like, stealing candy, we would sound the alarm, and then they would be grounded, and then we would be able to steal candy because all of the attention would be on the other team. So it was... (laughs) This sounds kind of ridiculous when I talk about it, but if you're from a big family, I think you might be able to relate to this. We were homeschooled also, and so we had to create drama somehow. But the reason I'm saying this is because from a very early age, there was a lot of uh, emotions tied up with food. It wasn't just the normal emotions, like, yeah, it feels good to eat candy, but also there was the thrill of it, uh, of sneaking around and doing something bad. I remember taking these chocolates into my room and putting them under my pillow and letting them get warm and then, like, sneaking them one by one before dinner, I would uh, have a big bookshelf by my bunk bed. We had bunk beds, by the way, because there were four girls. And I would get my book and get my chocolate. And for a while, it would just be so blissful. And I still think about that moment because obviously now I'm an adult. I can have candy whenever I want. There's no scarcity factor like there was when we were kids. But my brain sometimes thinks there is. So my relationship with food still has a long way to go. I feel like I gained a little weight this week and it's stressing me out. Also, I hate that I still have the mindset that thinner is better. Like even now, by the way, I have to say I've never been overweight. Uh, I've fluctuated within the same 30 pounds like my whole life. And so I have thin privilege, like I recognize that. And I still find myself thinking that I need to lose weight or that I'm too big, whatever the fuck that means. Like, it's it's just exhausting. And the way that I'm trying to think now is, like, all bodies are good. It doesn't matter how much you weigh as long as you're happy in your body and you're healthy, like, taking care of your mind and your joints and (laughs) all the things, right? Uh, I felt like I needed to say that because... I'm very much trying to change the way I think about bodies and food, but I'm, I'm just a year out of treatment, and sometimes I put a lot of pressure on myself to be enlightened and have all the answers, but no, I'm still very much imperfect in how I go about this. So bear that in mind. When you listen to the conversation that I had with Kayla, sure, we're two quote-unquote professionals in the mental health field talking about eating disorders, but... Both of us are still working on ourselves, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that and to talk about it. And with that said, I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to say. Uh, Today's interview is a little different than normal ones because it's not as long. We didn't have a ton of time on Zoom. I'm still trying to figure out how long is the perfect length for a Zoom interview. 
Uh, I think I'm getting close. But afterwards, I'm going to be doing something I've never done before on the podcast, which is to come back around after the interview and talk a little bit about our conversation, what insights I pulled from it. And then I will be finally sharing a story that I've never shared on the podcast before. Um, It's a story of how I got banned from Whole Foods. It happened about three years ago now, and it's very embarrassing, very entertaining. Um, I just, I don't know, I just wanted to share it, and it has a little bit to do with what we're talking about today. So tune in after the interview if you want to hear that. With that said, I guess I'll just jump in. Like I said before, Kayla is an anti-diet advocate and body image transformer. She owns Wisdom and Wellness in Kentucky, uh, where she coaches and supports parents who are looking for tools and confidence to help their child overcome low body image, negative self-esteem, and eating disorders. Kayla herself has overcome a 10-year battle with yo-yo dieting, anorexia, and binge eating. Now fully recovered, she's on a mission to stop self-sabotage, promote body positivity, and raise awareness about eating disorders around the globe. She serves on the board for the Kentucky Eating Disorder Council, conducts body image and eating disorder workshops, is a podcast host, like I mentioned, uh, has been published in various publications about her experiences, and is a wife, mother to a rambunctious toddler, enjoys nature and all things chocolate. Uh, One thing to note is that we lost the first few minutes of recording, so when we pick up the conversation, it might seem a little random. Don't worry, you'll find your footing in no time. I hope y'all enjoy, and remember to stick around for thoughts afterwards. I have to show you my cat. He's right here. Oh, yeah. I have two crazy cats. Had three, but one died last year, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I live in fear of a pet dying because uh, it hasn't happened to me in a very long time, and I'm out of practice. Yeah. I didn't expect it. He was kind of, um, he was the healthy one out of all the three. He was the one that was like never sick. And then one day we got ready to go on vacation. Luckily it was before we went on vacation, but I swear within two days, I took him to the vet. They couldn't find anything. They checked his kidneys. They checked everything. And then he just gone. <laughs> it was weird. Wow. That, that's when it hits the hardest when you're not expecting it. Yeah. I, I still live kind of in denial that I can't control everything around me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Which is, okay, reminds me back to what you were saying about growing up with eating disorders. Um, so, yes, you were describing what kind of work it is you do and what you're passionate about. Sure. I um, call myself the anti-diet advocate and body image transformer because when I was 15 to about 25, I had anorexia and binge eating and yo-yo dieting and all that crazy stuff in between. And then I just really struggled with low body image, self-esteem, mindset, and obviously the eating disorder side. And um, about seven years ago, went through recovery. And within the last three or four years, I'll say that's when my recovery really just hit more. Just kind of found myself more in the process. And I still do every day. But just um, wanting to help people overcome that. And then this year, as I made a switch to do more of the parents, help their kids, because no one really knew how to help me whenever I was going through mine. So you help kids with eating or you educate parents of children with eating disorders. Yes. Yep. That's amazing. Thank you. Man, I wish that had been around when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom didn't really understand, like, mentally, like, of course, I lied about everything when I was going through mine, too. Oh, yeah, that's but, another part of it. <laughs> yes, and she just didn't understand. So I found there was, like, a disconnect there. Yeah, I mean, I I want to say I'm lucky to have a mom who also has struggled with eating disorders, so it, it's unfortunate that it was passed down to me, but it's nice that we can relate on certain things. Yeah. 
But if you don't have that, I can only imagine how hard it would be approaching a parent or approaching a child. Like, I I joke on the podcast that the reason I I can never have kids is because uh, I hate the idea of not being able to control my children. (laughs) It's it's terrifying. I have a one and a half year old and he controls too much sometimes. (laughs) He 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 has all the control. Yeah, Yeah. Where do you live, by the way? Kentucky. Okay. Are you from there? Yes. I didn't want to assume anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is the attitude towards mental health in Kentucky? Oh, I was going to say, I think that we need need more help and awareness about it here. I I said that. That was a very broad question. Uh, I guess I'm more curious about, like, your experiences with your body image issues and all that stuff. Having been in Kentucky the whole time, like, what was that like? Honestly, it was hard for me to find help. There's a place now called the Louisville Center for Eating Disorders, and I'm not sure if that was around when I was going through mine because I went through therapy and counseling and I know other cases go through like the hospitalization and I didn't do that but I could only in my area I could only find a counselor and a therapist but not like an eating disorder specialist at the or time. if you did it was probably like crazy expensive or yeah. there was months and months of waiting time yes and can I ask how old you are 33 okay okay I'm gonna be 30 <laughs> next month so yeah. not too much of a difference there yeah, uh, it's crazy how open people are now about eating disorders. Because, like, you were talking about being in what did you say middle school when it started? M- middle school is probably when I first really started like comparing myself to other people. That's right. And... I read that on your website, or I heard your first episode, or something. Yeah. Sorry. Content. Continue. That's okay. High school is when I actually found I say my first diet, and uh, I still see that stupid book. <laughs> So South Beach diet, I'll just say the name, like whoever was on that diet, I hate that diet, but I was on there. Do you remember like the book, the way it looked? Like, do you just see it haunt your dreams? I do. I, I, well, I'm writing a book and I've been writing it for a little while. And that's one of the chapters is I describe it as the shiny turquoise book that says lose belly fat first, because that's what it said on the, the cover. Was, Jesus. And that hit me because I wanted to lose belly fat. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I didn't know anything. And then of course it got into like, labeling food and telling like phase one you have to cut out this and you have to take out this and then in phase Mm -hmm. two you can have this and that just messed with me and then it just got more severe later what do you think is the age when you first started noticing things like belly fat I always thought I was like the chubbier I'll say cousin because I'm the only kid I don't have any siblings but me and my cousins we would hang out on the weekends and all that but I always thought I was the bigger cousin and probably fourth or fifth grade, but middle school, when I played softball, I was really hard on myself and just couldn't run very fast, couldn't bat perfect, couldn't do this just like everybody, or I thought everybody. And um, I just really started doing it more then. It's interesting because you're talking about comparing yourself by other things like skills and like you couldn't run as fast, you couldn't kick the ball as far or whatever. At one point, those insecurities get placed onto like the way you look rather than the things you can do. I just, yeah. that's really interesting how that transition just kind of wordlessly happens. Yeah. So yeah, at the time, no one was talking about this kind of stuff. No, I say there's health class, but that was what? <laughs> Sex education. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. And that's, like I said, from where I'm at, I'm not saying all over the world, there was no awareness, but there was really not a lot of mental health focus. Yeah. Did your parents talk about mental health at all? No, no. Because it was just the three of you, right? Yes. So what was uh, your friend group like? Were you close to them? 
So I've been close to my parents, but I just, when I was going through that, I was like shut down from the world. I didn't really want to open up. I didn't really like naturally, I'm honestly a pretty happy go lucky person. But during that time, it was all about Kayla and you couldn't tell me how to eat. You couldn't tell me what to eat. You couldn't take me out to eat. You couldn't do anything because I was too scared and I just didn't want to open up about it. And then when they tried to talk to me about it, it would just be like brick wall. Because you're a teenager. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to hear that stuff. You, right. know, you know everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. When did you like know that something was really wrong? Really started um, when I was 25, I started having panic attacks. So I had depression and anxiety with the eating disorder and they just overlapped. And then I started having just random flare up like panic attacks. And I didn't know what they were at first. I just never had them. So I just, I didn't understand. Like I would get really emotional and I would just feel like my heart was going to jump out of my chest and I, I couldn't breathe. So I couldn't, I had to sit down and try to breathe, but I felt like I was like drowning almost. Like it was yeah. really high anxiety and it just felt like, I guess a constant state of adrenaline, even though I don't know if it was really adrenaline, it was just my heart was just like, felt like it was going to explode. And that woke me up in a way. The only reason I say in a way is because I didn't really know if I wanted help, but I knew that I couldn't live like that forever. Well, yeah, at a certain point, you're just like, I'm tired. I'll do whatever you want. Just like, (laughs) let me take a break. Mm -hmm. How do you, how are you feeling today, by the way? I forgot to ask. I usually ask people (laughs) at the beginning of every episode. Today I've been high vibed. I don't know if you're into like astrology, but there was like a new moon here recently and all the things. And I like some of that astrology, whatever thing. And Exactly. Uh, That's yeah. not, I'm not, I don't know anything about it really, except I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What sign are you? Pisces. So Pisces? don't make me cry. I'm just kidding. Dude, I'm a cancer. Yeah. So, you know, I got you. Um, what were we even talking about before then? My cat's um, how- also like splashing his paw in the water I set out for him. So it's very distracting. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how my panic attacks felt and just how I guess that might have woke me up in a way. I just didn't understand. Like I know my mother-in-law, um, she came over because my mom was at work and she's retired. So she came over to like calm me down in a oh, way. Wow. And I was mad and I was, you know, I didn't know what to do. But she said, you know, are you going to live like this? Basically, why are you doing that? Like, why? what are you doing? How did that make you feel when she asked you that? Stupid. Kind of like, I don't know. You know, I didn't know what to, how to answer. And she helped me find a counselor that day and helped me uh, really just start the process of recovery. And I was too ashamed, but I tried my best to at least attempt to find some counseling and move forward. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, how do you define recovery? And like, how has that definition changed over the years? I think it's a process for sure. <laughs> I feel like I'm always in a state of recovery because there's still times that I still struggle with my body image. I'm not perfect by any means. I practice what I preach. I say that to everybody because I think that there's always that part of me that still struggles. Like when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, I need to not. And then I have to stop and say, hey. You know, don't get back yeah. to that girl again. They have weird ways of sneaking in just when you feel like you're safe. Yeah. Well, when I was pregnant, that's a whole other story. I'm not really sure a whole lot about, but. I never hear about pregnant women talking about eating disorders while pregnant. Like, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Have, what, have you found there to be others or is it a pretty 
Is it a I've not checked, out there? I've not checked a lot. <laughs> um, I've not, not really talked during my pregnancy. I didn't really post a lot of baby bump selfies or anything like that. Like I was just, you know, kind of low key about it because. Well, sorry, you said you were re- recovered at the time, right? Or in yeah. recovery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But the thoughts are still there. Luckily, I think that my mindset was better. Like I have had days where I was like, everybody says you eat for two. Well, I had to mentally tell myself, yes, I am eating for two. Yeah, like I have to take care of this human being that's growing inside of me because if not, you know, so it made me actually really appreciate my body more, especially after giving birth and after realizing all that. And then now going back to day to day life like that just made me actually stronger. Yeah, well, the human body is capable of so much shit. Mm-hmm. And like, it's frankly terrifying. I'm trying to have more body awareness. <laughs> and I, sometimes I look at my body and I'm like, this is so weird. I feel like an alien like what it's just was it like (laughs) freaky to give birth for lack of a better word yeah and the funny part is and I'm like I said I only have one right now but I'm a hippie at heart so hashtag that's what I like a lot of things like that but I didn't know if I wanted an epidural well I end up getting one because I was like you know the options there just do it I fell asleep the first two hours. Hey, sign me up for that. <laughs> so everybody laughs at me, but I literally like now later on, I did not fall asleep. But the first two hours after that, I was like knocked out. I was, I think, honestly, I dreamed about Mario, which sounds really funny, but I tell my, <laughs> I was dreaming about Super honestly, Mario that Brothers. kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's really my, I'm, I might need to share that sometime, somewhere, someplace, <laughs> but I'm just. Um, yeah. Yeah. Back to body. <laughs> you didn't think you'd be talking about giving birth on this. So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I did. I struggled with that sometimes, but then I just had to tell myself back on the positive self-talk, back on the, you know, reason why, because after the eating disorder, my hormones were so messed up after not having a period, I couldn't have a baby. So at least I could carry a child like for a long time. I couldn't. Like I was saying, my mom had anorexia. So, and then, you know, she had seven kids. I'm the oldest. So, but she didn't think she could have kids. So when you were in your recovery, uh, what resources did you use? Like, what support did you have? Because the way I'm picturing it, it sounds like it was kind of lonely out there. I was pretty much like the counselor and therapist, but also I had to kind of find my own way. And I think that actually helped me. But I learned, that's where I learned about intuitive eating. The way I explain it, it's pretty much eating like a baby, knowing how to eat when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, because I didn't know how to do that. Like, I didn't know how to not count calories or how to yeah. live by, by the digits. I just only ate a certain amount. And whenever I started eating again, it was scary because I didn't know how. And I, I, I looked like a buffet at my house sometimes because I didn't know what foods to choose and have a meal without yeah. being afraid. It's crazy. You really do have to learn to do everything all over again. Like yeah. I, I've had bulimia for 15 years and I'm, I'm a year into recovery and uh, I can't even remember the last time I purged, but I still have moments like that where I'm like, my body wants three granola bars, but yeah. I don't know if I should, but also who says what I shouldn't, shouldn't do. Yeah. And then I was just like, what is normal? But the good news is it all evens out in the end, in my experience. Like your body might go crazy at first, but you won't. You were saying earlier, the body's an amazing Mm -hmm. feat of ingenuity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It all evens out. Yeah, I did that for uh, with the intuitive eating. It always scares people because they're like, well, you can eat a piece of cake and like eat that for dinner. Like, well, at first, some nights I wanted just ice cream because my my problem was I was afraid of carbohydrates and sugar 
And then when I would binge eat, then I would only eat the carbs and I would only eat the sugar. Yeah, because your body needs it. <laughs> your yes. body is like, I don't know when I'm going to have this again. Yeah. So it was like the fight or flight for a long time. And then on the intuitive eating, I just had to shut that off. Not, And it did not happen probably until a year or two into the recovery. So the first year I was like learning about it, trying to figure it out. And then the second year I was doing better. And then, like I said, really within the last three or four years for me, has it been, I say, easier on me? Was there a switch that happened or or, did, or is it, was it just a matter of practicing it over and over again until you kind of figured it out? A lot of practice and, and patience and telling people like what I was doing, you know, how to go through. I may not eat exactly what you eat because I'm trying to pay attention to my body. And if they didn't understand, sorry, not really sorry, but really they just didn't understand. No um, pressure to like come up, like tell us all the secrets or anything. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just really happy to be talking to another woman like mm-hmm. close to my age who has been in recovery for that long. Cause I don't know a lot of them. Like a lot of my friends with eating disorders are way younger than me mm-hmm. or, you know, they struggled with it in college for a few years and then they're, you know, they've been, I don't know. It, it's just nice to hear your perspective. Thank you. <laughs> so what were you even just saying? Something about um, over the years you were. Yeah. So really this, the last three or four, have I been better about paying attention to my body and I'll have everything I say, like I still practice. So I yeah. still, um, but I do learn, I've really learned to trust myself. And that's like the biggest step in intuitive eating is trust. Because if you don't trust yourself, that's what the part I lacked is I didn't know how to listen. I didn't know how to trust myself because I was so scared. So the moment that I realized it's okay to have a cookie at 1.30 in the afternoon and then also have a salad later, like I could have both. Like before it was just- Yeah, you can have both. That is such a revolution. Mm -hmm. You can have both. Mm -hmm. Listeners, you can have both. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, um, when you were learning to trust yourself, like what were some of the common situations you would find yourself that you like really wanted to talk to someone about it? I really, I remember asking several people how to know when they were full because I didn't know when I was full. So I just was like, what does that feel like? Like, does it really feel like Thanksgiving when you keep eating and you're really, really full? Does it feel, yeah. I didn't even know what that felt like really. Um, so that was like my first step that I tried is like when am I full you almost have to be a journalist and like ask people like interview people about (laughs) their body cues and stuff and come to your own conclusions that's why I just say it's like a baby because that's the for me that's like one of the easiest ways for people to know a baby is hungry they're gonna cry they're gonna know when they're hungry and they're gonna know when they're full they're either gonna spit up all over you or they're just gonna keep eating until they stop (laughs) so they're just that that's how I describe it though is because babies already know it's just the whole culture has screwed it up really yeah so they just um it's brilliant though like, yeah. eat like a baby it, it's that is really such good advice mm-hmm. or a small child even like do you think a kid is afraid of mcdonald's no they love chicken nuggets and they're not really going to say no to a chicken nugget like they're going to eat them every day until they're tired and they switch to something else that's the thing when i've like given into my cravings like eating you know ice cream every day for lunch for a two weeks mm-hmm. my body just doesn't want it anymore you know yes. after a while like I don't I feel safe it's like I can have ice cream whatever I want now yeah. and that's yeah. kind of beautiful yeah it is no it really is because that's what set me free is the rules those they call them the food police in there but it's the rules that you tell yourself that you really just make up like who told you like you said earlier who told you that you can't have ice cream for breakfast yeah. like what are some really- rules what are some rules that you gave yourself that you later like debunked 
like I said, the whole carb thing, like telling myself right. I, in the time, I always put times on it. Like I shouldn't have a snack after dinner. Mm. Oh, I shouldn't have a chocolate with a cookie because I already had a slice of pizza, like telling myself I already ruined it for the day. And then on the other spectrum, when I ruined it, then I would just keep going. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I went over my budget by 50 calories. Yes. You know, <laughs> let's order two pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. I love pizza in recovery. It's yeah. Honestly, I could write love songs about it. <laughs> I love I had pizza the other night. I made some homemade pizza. I made like a supreme homemade pizza. Homemade pizza? I'm fancy, but yes. <laughs> oh my god. What what are your favorite pizza toppings? I like I like supreme pizzas, I guess. Minus the sausage. I'm not a big mm. I like pepperoni and ham and chicken and then um like mushrooms and spinach and peppers and onions and I think my pizza is like 12 inches tall and like two inches wide. Like it's not, it's probably more tall with toppings. <laughs> I, I grew up in Chicago, so I'm familiar oh, with yeah. um, indulgent pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Passionate pizza. It's very passionate <laughs> the way it all just spills out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, so tell me about the, the business you have now, or I guess business sounds weird. Your, your uh, venture. Okay. Yeah. I'm on a, on a, a mission to help people really just, gain awareness about eating disorders. Um, and honestly, mine, like I said, this year has been more parental focused with parents, but I also still am passionate about helping people like teenagers and adolescents that really are struggling, maybe not with the eating disorder yet, but just to give them the tips of healthy body image, self-love, self-care. I didn't have any of that. You know, I didn't know anything about taking a moment for myself. Yeah, I just always was worried about everybody else. That's what I love about your podcast is that you don't just focus on eating disorders. You also have episodes about, you know, confidence Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, I forget what the first one I listened to is just stuff that everyone deals with. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a really feel good podcast to tell the, tell the listeners about it. Okay. Well, it's called what's eating you with a question mark. Cause I think somebody stole my name just saying, or I might've stole their name. I don't know. (laughs) No, (laughs) No. they stole it from you. 100%. (laughs) Yes. But it's, um, what's eating you. And it's like you said, just kind of, um, open to people talking about, I think we even had an episode about uh, manifesting on there. Cause I know, um, affirmations and like self-love and all that stuff really helped me. And then manifesting is something I just ran across a couple of years ago, um, kind of the law attraction side of the world. Oh my God. I have a confession. I'm kind of scared of that topic. I've had a few people message me asking to be on the podcast and talk about it. And I don't know, I, I grew up super, super religious. And so now if anything is just a little bit woo woo, I'm like, red flag, red flag, yeah. red flag. Um, but you said you've discovered it and it's been really helpful for, you know, that affirmation. Yes. Yeah. And realizing that there's more out there, like, cause my family's religious too. So the whole, they, they, they're not like me and I've had to realize that's okay. Like I have my own, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that's kind of, I have to learn to let that go sometimes. And then, um, the uh, manifesting thing though, just came about because of trying to find myself and then manifesting, it can be anything, a job, a a car or (laughs) whatever you want it to be. Is it, is it like something external you do as a, like a sign of faith towards yourself? Like an um, investment in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to explain it. Yes. I'm literally talking about <laughs> this for the first time ever with you yeah. live on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you, you talk about stuff like that on your podcast is what yep. you're saying. Yep. Do you learn a lot? Yeah. All the time. I have a journal that's got that. I guess I found it by watching YouTube videos because I watch like motivational messages in the morning sometimes. Um, and I just, I guess must have, I must have attracted the attract. I don't know. I don't know, but it happened somewhere between the last couple of years. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you in the middle of plugging your podcast. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, that's what it is. And then like the this year, like so I'm getting more into like the parents about the eating disorders because they're really the ones that don't understand as far as like maybe how to help their child if, if they've not went through it or they just um, just need extra advice or tools or tips or how to communicate with them and yeah. body image. And um, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but the mindset. Well, it's all very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I have quite a few listeners who are parents mm-hmm. and I know they're probably wondering how can I help prevent this from happening to my child or like what are some things I should look out for or just like what are some things I can do better to be a better example of like body acceptance and that kind of stuff yeah I know for for women especially like my mom was super hard on herself even though she didn't have an eating disorder she never really struggled with that but I know that I've got the word sorry from her so I've had to really work on not saying sorry so much dude yes (laughs) so I've had to um, and I catch myself not as much as I used to because every time I say it I'm like no I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm going to rebel against saying that word. I'm going to find another word. Yes, Um, I am 100% on board. I'm trying to do it too on this podcast even. Yeah, I think that, like I said earlier, if if it's not an eating disorder, just if you can find some tips that really help, like I know with social media now, that's a big thing. And I know we're both in our 30s. You said you're about to be 30. Yeah, yeah. MySpace, which Tom was everybody's friend. So I don't know if you remember (laughs) that, but he was everybody's friend. But, I wasn't cool enough to be on MySpace, but I was on Tumblr. T- Tumblr could be toxic. I thought you said toddler. I was like, whoa, I don't know about <laughs> toddlers. Yeah, they, they might have had MySpace, but. <laughs> you just like accepted it. You're like, yeah. all right, you were on toddler. <laughs> oh my God, no, Tumblr. Were you ever on Tumblr? I remember the name, but I don't think I used it. Because the only reason I liked MySpace is because I could change my background to be oh, yeah. weird stuff. Yeah, the stuff that they deal with now is even worse. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, comparing yourself, like I know mine was with comparing myself, but we live in a world that's always connected and they can see their friends, even when they're off of fall break, they can still connect with them. Like they never get to get away from that. Even if, you know, they're always on their phones, they're always, they just need to get outside and like do something else away and really find themselves. I say that, you know, because I didn't know who I was. So engage with your children. Yes. Easier said than done. I know. Yeah. Yep. Even just yeah. like, the, I, don't, I know everyone asks the stupid questions like, how was your day? You know, how are you <laughs> feeling? But like those things can help too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm one of seven, so we never really, we didn't have a ton of individualized attention. But when our, one of our parents was paying attention to us, they were there. They asked meaningful questions and it was, it was a nice gesture. I still turned out fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, a little. <laughs> but my word of the year was intention or intentional, actually. And that was just to try to be more present and really just make actions that can help me obviously get to where I want to go, but just live on purpose. You know, I love that. Yeah. I'm all about that. Did you feel like you weren't living intentionally enough before then? Like, was that, is that a goal of yours? Yeah, it's my mine this year for sure. Like I even... Like I said, I'm still growing every year. So this year I've really expanded even more with, with all this. Yeah. Um, It's amazing. Yeah. And I know so many people will need your services, you know, like on one hand, we're living in this age of everyone's talking about mental health all the time. And, but also you do have that technology in your face all the time. You can see where your friends are at all times. You have, people can reach you at all times. Yeah. And that could be the whole 
how many likes, like for example, if you post God know, like a hundred selfies, I don't know, however many they post nowadays, too many, but You're how not many, that old. Come on. I know I'm, I make myself <laughs> sound like I'm 80. I really am an old soul. I guess it's the whole yeah. thing. Like I'm 105 years old. I'm 33, but I'm really old. Okay, it takes one to know one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but really they, you know, they get that instant gratification of, Oh, someone liked me. Oh, someone liked this. Oh, they liked it. I got to do it. You know, that immediate, Oh, what if they didn't like it? Then you feel like a failure. Oh, I screwed up. But it, what it's did I hard do? because, like, you can't take your kid's social media away, you know? I, I'm going back to the topic of, like, what can you do to help your kids? If you can't take it away. It, you shouldn't, like, censor them. Because, I mean, that's how I grew up. That's my mm-hmm. biased opinion. You shouldn't censor your children. But it seems like you're kind of in an impossible predicament there. Yeah. Yep. It started raining really heavily just now. I don't know if you can hear it. I don't, but it was raining at my house earlier. The wind's still blowing. I'm looking out the window. <laughs> so it, it was raining a second ago. <laughs> oh my God. I want to, I, I found this, um, like I saw this TikTok like two minutes before meeting with you. I wanted to show it to you because uh, this person called at strawberry cake donuts hmm, and cool. it's a video of her just like riding in the car, wearing a tank top. And mm-hmm. the caption is really cool. Uh, it's on my way to tell people that I'm not on a diet for summer because having less fat on my body isn't going to auto-create a better beach day or make my fun in the sun any more fun than it's already going to be. <laughs> I like that. Yep, I true. wanted to share it with you because I was like, oh my God, you're anti-diet. Yes. You know? Yep. 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 Guess what? Your body's hot no matter what. It, yep. <laughs> you're so eat the just, cupcake. Just eat ex- the cupcake. Eat the cupcake. What's your favorite flavor? Actually, I don't like cupcakes. <laughs> so let's go back to This power. is an expose now. <laughs> Or cookies. I like cookies. Chocolate chip cookies, double chocolate chip. I'm a chocoholic. So whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just telling my partner earlier, chocolate is the most sexual food. It's <laughs> yep. just, it, oh, it's it's amazing. I love it. I love dark chocolate. Uh, probably better than milk chocolate because yeah. I just like the flavor and the, I put, I always eat it with like cashews or almond butter, like sweet, salty. Oh, yes. That, oh, my yeah. God. I put um, chunks of chocolate in my popcorn. I make like popcorn from scratch with coconut oil and like sea salt. Yes. Oh my God. That is good. good. Chocolate tastes even better in recovery. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Recovery can be pretty fun. Yes. Yeah. And and it's all what you make of it. And you just have to find your why and focus on that and find your goal. And like, you're going to get off course. You you know, you're going to go up and down. You're going to beat yourself up and then be really happy. And then you're going to, but you just have to find why you're doing it. And that's different for everybody, but whatever that is, keep that in mind, put it on a post-it note, put it on your phone, put it, don't stare at your phone, but put it there anyway, because I know you're going to look at it. So put it there and just keep focused on that. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. What's your why this week? My, oh, my why this week? This week. I guess to just keep being crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You're recovering so you can keep being crazy. Yes. (laughs) I love that. You're my hero. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for being on. And I know the listeners appreciate you also. Thank you. Uh, And have a good night. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. It is just me, Christina, now. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that. Kayla is such a sweetie. I had a lot of fun talking to her. In fact, I feel like I talked over her a lot going back and listening. I feel like I was kind of nervous to be talking to her because my recent episodes with guests have all been people that I know that I'm familiar with. But with her, I really had to pull out my uh, interviewing skills and I feel like they're kind of rusty. So 
Thank you so much, Kayla, for bearing with me and just being an awesome guest. I really love how she closed out with finding your why, because that can be really hard to identify. Um, Like, why am I recovering? That's a basic question, but you really need to ask yourself that before you even attempt recovery, because if you're trying to recover for the wrong reason, um, I guarantee you that it probably won't work, uh, or at least it, it never worked for me. Like if I was recovering to save money or recovering to lose weight, <laughs> yes, that's been an actual thing that I've done. Um, you know when you're bullshitting, basically. I'm not going to tell you when you're being genuine. You know that yourself. I'm also a huge fan of her advice to eat like a baby. I think it's honestly brilliant. Like, babies don't think about weight. Babies just eat when they're hungry, and then they stop when they're full. And then if they eat too much, then they just correct themselves. (laughs) I don't know. There's a bulimia joke in there somewhere, but we won't go there right now. That kind of reminds me of the story that I promised I would tell at the end of this episode, which is uh, the story of how I got banned from Whole Foods three years ago. So... Um, I was living in Seattle. I I was in an outpatient group for alcohol abuse, but at the time I was not seeking treatment for my bulimia. So I was trying to be sober, kind of, but failing. And then I was continuing to binge and purge. And if you've ever abused alcohol while actively bulimic, you know that there's no worse combination. Um, I would often get drunk and order delivery to my house, and then I would pass out before they got there. There's been a few times where I've just lost money on those deliveries because I never answered the door. There's also been times where I've like passed out in the middle of eating and woken up to messes. Um, but this particular day, I was really drunk, and... I decided to go grocery shopping and Whole Foods is down the street from where I was living at the time. So I walked into Whole Foods. Another part of the story is that I had a pretty bad shoplifting habit at the time. Like I I never shoplifted anything big, but I would shoplift food a lot. It's really embarrassing to say because I was in my late 20s at the time, and I had never stolen anything in my life prior to this time in my life. It was just a weird phase that I had at the end of my alcoholic days. So, oh yeah, I had gone to Trader Joe's prior to going to Whole Foods, so I had my Trader Joe's bag with me. Um, I would do that a lot. I would go to multiple grocery stores per night picking up binge food, and I would alternate between them so that uh, they wouldn't recognize me or whatever. So I had a Trader Joe's bag full of groceries with me. Um, I was black, almost blackout drunk. And um, I would just walked through the store for what seemed like hours, but it was probably just like a half hour or so. And I would take things and slip them into my Trader Joe's bag. And then I had another Whole Foods bag on my shoulder or like on my arm that I would put stuff that I was planning on paying for. Cause that was the secret. You would always pay for a few things and then leave with like other things hidden in your bag. So I did that. I don't even remember what I tried to steal. Uh, I just know that that one of the things was a whole gallon of ice cream. I just, I I literally would steal ice cream and like beers and stuff. Um, Like I couldn't buy them. 
I don't know if this was like a delayed teenage rebellion thing or what, but I checked out, I paid for the things that I paid for, and then I was like five feet away from the door when this guy stepped in front of me and he was like, I need to see inside your bag. And I just froze. I was so embarrassed because I knew what I had done and I knew that I was caught and I just froze. And so I started taking stuff out of my bag and putting them on the table. And uh, at one point I stopped. I had some cookies at the bottom, but I didn't want to give them up. I was really looking forward to eating those cookies. And so I stopped and he was like, what about the cookies? So I knew that they had been watching me the whole time on video camera. And that was just one of the low points of my eating disorder and also of my alcohol use. It was just really bad. And so he took my ID and he scanned it and he said, you're now banned from Whole Foods. If you try coming back, we'll be alerted. Security will be alerted or whatever. And then he let me go. And God, I I still can't believe that nothing worse happened. So yeah, I'm banned from Whole Foods. So we can all admit that it's a pretty cringy story. Uh, Kind of uh, hilarious to tell at parties. People can never believe me when I tell them that I'm banned from Whole Foods. But it's, it's tinged with this darkness that was indicative of my mental state at the time. And of course, now, listening to this conversation that I just had with Kayla, where we talk about how much we love pizza and ice cream, and that kind of thing, It's just so cool because I can talk freely about that stuff without feeling any of the the weight or the shame that I used to feel when I talked about food in the past. And now when I want ice cream, I just go to the store and buy some. It's honestly such a huge change from that person I used to be who would regularly steal sweets. I mean, I, I went through a fortune that year between the alcohol and then the binges honestly taken me years to catch up financially from that point. I I was also living in Seattle, which is a really expensive city. But let's just appreciate the fact that I can not only buy my own ice cream now and eat it without throwing up, but I like to talk to people about food. It's really fun. And it honestly is a way to connect with people. Not a hot take, but food connects people. And Kayla is doing an incredible job of taking advantage of that and helping heal people's relationships with food, helping parents have a more productive conversation about food with their kids. It's just really good stuff. So go follow her on Instagram at Wisdom Wellness Sky and subscribe to her podcast too while you're at it. Uh, What's Eating You on Spotify and wherever else you get podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram as well. And send me a message if you want to be a guest. I am always looking for people to talk about mental health on here and just have uh, those spicy conversations. (laughs) All right. With that said, oh, next week, I will be reading the results of the latest pickle poll. If you have not answered already, there is still a whole week to do so. Um, This week, the question is, what aspect of your mental health do you find hardest to explain? So tune in next week to hear me read your answers as well as my own. And until then, I hope uh, you just stay safe, uh, keep having the, the hard conversations, and eat the damn chocolate. That's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Bye until next week.
Hello friends, it's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today, or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at picklesandvodkapodcast. Stay safe and have a good week. Bye.